Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode 54 of the Canberra Football Show, Round 8 Review. Joining me today, as always, is Michael. Michael, how's it going today? And another good weekend of um, football in action. There's some good goals as well. Yeah, that's what that's what I was just about to say, Matt. Uh, some very good football action filled with, you know, quality strikes across the different competitions on that were on display over the weekend. So plenty to dissect as always and happy to get into it like we always do week after week. That's it. Let's get straight into it, shall we? Our first offering in the MPL is was O'Connor Knights versus West Canberra Wanderers. 4-3 to O'Connor Knights. I was there with Russ for this one, calling the action. Very tight game to be, begin with. O'Connor had the better of the chances uh, early on. West Canberra had some really good reaction defending. Their timing was spot on the early openings of this one. Worked as a unit to overcome O'Connor's breaks early. Um, West Canberra had some great build-up play in that time, but Early on, they just weren't able to get into that box, um, let really deep into the box um, until near the end of the half. O'Connor opened the score early through Patrick O'Rourke, who put a um, who put a through ball to Eddie, Eddie Coggan. So sorry, Coggan scored, not uh, O'Rourke. Put a through ball to Eddie Coggan, um, who broke off a deflection uh, from a Wanderers defender to place it beyond Wiseman. Then West Canberra broke quickly with Bo, Bo Harvey putting through a beautiful through ball to Vlaslovsky, who buried uh, buried the chance to put them level on the verge of halftime. And like I mentioned, that was probably one of the only chances where the Wanderers were deep into the O'Connor box because O'Connor were very solid before that. And so it was a good reaction from O'Connor there, uh, sorry, from Wanderers there to um, break. And as soon as they had the chance to convert that, O'Connor broke, uh, broke away in the second half, though, very quick, in quick succession as well, went 3-1 ahead. Uh, Reagan Walsh's head, uh, free kick took a slight deflection and went in. And then Michael Adams, as only Michael Adams can do, glided through um, quite a few players before crossing it to O'Rourke, who uh, finished for that goal. At this point, Russ and I were thinking, what is going to be the Wanderers' reaction here after conceding two very quick goals? And you know what? Less than 30 seconds is up making it 3-2 from Bo Harvey, who pounced on a save after Jack Paisler had a strike from outside the box. Jack Paisler, by the way, was one of the best players for the Wanderers on the day. I thought he had an outstanding game in midfield. O'Connor scored their fourth, though, through uh, Connor Minot-Smith, who who worked past a few defenders and put a ball to O'Rourke, who buried it for his brace. Jono uh, Cerruti's effort uh, hit the post and it ricocheted to Lachlan Fields, who made a 4-3 for Wanderers. Uh, but they were not able to get that equaliser. So overall, this victory puts O'Connor back in the top four, six points off third place Gungahlin. And let's not forget, O'Connor still have that game in hand against the Wanderers, but it won't be played until July, I believe, I was told. However, so in terms of that, uh, West Canberra now will be laser-focused on the Australia Cup uh, qualifying final v Minara this week. And there are no other games, but like we'll mention later, it will just be the finals. Uh, in terms of league, though, they still remain without a win and are still five points behind Belconnor at the bottom of the ladder. So that first win still eluding West Canberra, Michael, even though they are, they're still playing um, pretty well. So I'm sure they're going to be laser-focused on that final and in the comp uh, that they've done very well in. Yeah, most definitely, Matt. And, you know, they will eventually, you know, I hope get that first win of the season in the league. We, we certainly don't want it to be another case of Tuggeranong United last season, where we were saying similar, 
similar things in terms of, you know, turning performances into, into wins. And obviously just before we move on quickly, O'Connor Knights, a good bounce back victory uh, for them as well. After that devastating loss to Belcon and United last weekend, but moving on now, we've got the Monaro Panthers who put Belcon and United to the sword, Matt. It was six nil to the home team, uh, senior Kofi Danning with a brace, Emilio Kishta, Nico Kalfas, and Adam Neo on the score sheet for the home team in this game. A huge win for Monaro uh, against a the side. They defeated 3-0 at McKellar Park earlier on uh, this season. You know, it proved to be a second-half onslaught from the Panthers, you know, as all six uh, of their goals came in the second 45 minutes of play after, obviously, it went into the sheds at nil-nil at a very close game. You know, this is the sort of result that Coach Frank Cashew would have wanted in the lead-up to, you know, his team's uh, Australian Cup qualifying final against the West Canberra Wanderers coming up very, very soon. So this is exactly the kind of result and performance that he would have wanted heading into a, an important game like that in the Cup. On the flip side of it, Matt, you know, a disappointing loss for Belconnen United in this instance, you know, especially when you consider the fact that they looked so impressive last weekend, albeit maybe against a bit of a tired and dejected uh, O'Connor Knights team. Nevertheless, they were absolutely outstanding last week, Belconnen United, and they just weren't able to back that up against a quality Monaro Panthers outfit this time around. You know, it, it looked as though as soon as Monaro were able to unlock uh, the scoring from a corner situation in which Senior scored in the 48th minute there, that's when the floodgates really sort of opened up. And I think Belconnen United just found it very difficult to deal with, you know, the wave of attacking pressure that was to follow from Monaro in the second half. And they, you know, they, they did everything they could, but Monaro was just full flowing in, in all, at all, in all sort of aspects, sorry, going forward, they were just very hard to deal with. And as a result, they were able to find the back of the net on six occasions. And it's a disappointing result for Bel for Belconi United, Matt, like I said, because, you know, they did put in a very good performance last week against an O'Connor Knights team, but they just weren't able to back that up this time around against Monaro. And, you know, it, it's a very important result for Monaro when you consider they've got an, a very important cup match coming up. So another home win for Monaro as well. So they continue to be a force at home. What were your sort of quick takeaways before we move on to the next match in this one, Matt? Really good momentum for them heading into the cup final. And the, reason, the other reason why it's an important win for them is because Gangalan and Canberra Croatia both won. If Monaro lost, um, they would have been two points behind Gangalan in third place. And then they would have been six points behind Croatia. So at the moment, they're three points behind Croatia in second place, and then they're one point ahead of Gengarland. At the moment, there's a six-point gap between third and fourth. In terms of Belconnen, though, um, I'm sure they'll look at it and go, I'd try and fix out, sort out what sort of happened in that second half because mm. there were positives in the first half. Um, so, But in terms of them on the ladder, it's not really doom and gloom because they are only four points behind O'Connor Knights. But if they did win this match, they would have been tied on nine points uh, in fifth place with Olympic and Tigers. Uh, so, And they would have been ahead of Olympic on goal difference as well. So not the best day, not the best second half of the office for Belco, but they, if they can 
pick up a couple more wins. There's no reason why they can't get into it, but well done to Monaro Panthers. All right, moving on to what Russ calls the Canberra Classico now. Uh, Canberra Croatia against Canberra Olympic. 2-1 Canberra Croatia, the victors coming from behind against Olympic in classic Canberra Croatia fashion. Their experience um, once again pays off. Uh, like we mentioned there, typical Canberra Croatia fashion uh, to, you know, come back um, in the final 10 minutes. It seems to always be the, uh, the thing. I think a couple um, last year of the season before it wasn't the final 10 minutes. It was more in uh, stoppage time or, or around that. And um, Russ was calling it uh, Dino time and that sort of thing as well <laughs> uh, for Dean Ogrenich's side. But it seems like they're cu- making these comebacks a little earlier in the last 10 Minutes. Um, in terms of Olympic, they got the lead through an Ellie Darwich penalty. Um, uh, he's third from uh, three attempts uh, this season from the spot kick um, in a regular game, not talking about penalty shootouts in the cup. There were quite a few opportunities here. And I remember specifically, there was an opportunity early on where Ehegi broke down, mm. uh, broke away um, from the Croatia defense and he was off. Um, so as we all know, Games are a matter of moments. If Hege puts that in early, do we have a different game? Uh, it's it was definitely a close game uh, from what uh, from what I saw. Uh, in terms of Croatia's goals, a great combination play um, after Kamara was able to silky backheel uh, in the path of Daniel Barac, who was able to finish that in the bottom corner. Uh, from that equaliser, you can get a sense that something else was about to happen, like we mentioned with. Canberra, Croatia. Um, so four minutes from time, Jason Ugrinich took a great touch inside the box before um, scoring into the far corner at Deakin Stadium. Uh, so that was as well was a great piece of skill to, you know, find that positioning considering he wasn't very close. He was like mm. a, a decent amount away from the goal, yeah. not at a great angle. So Ugrinich did really well to put that ball in the back of the net there. Uh, from an Olympic point of view, I'm sure they'll be uh, disappointed to concede that lead. But this is a story that we've seen so many times from Canberra, Croatia. Um, no matter how things are going for them, they're able to dig deep and make that comeback. In terms of what it would what it, what it, what it have looked like on the ladder, if Olympic got the victory, they would have been in the top four. Uh, Tigers didn't win, though, so they are tied with Tigers, but Tigers have the better goal difference. Canberra Croatia, what this means for them is that they're 20 points on top, six wins, two draws, zero losses. They're still the only undefeated side left in MPL. If they lost this one, Monaro Panthers um, probably might have been on top on goal difference. So very important victory there for Canberra Croatia. Do you have any quick thoughts on this one, Michael, before we move on? I think it was just done in typical Canberra Croatia fashion, Matt. You know, it proved to be the case of, you know, never counting them out as, you know, they've so often been able to produce over the years, you know, they can be one nil, two nil down, even with five minutes to go, you can never count them out. And that's exactly what was on display on the weekend against Olympic. You know, they had the one nil lead and, you know, they, they'd gotten into the final 10 minutes there and they were thinking, you know, we can really sort of grind this one out and come away with the win. But, you know, two goals in the space of four minutes there in the final 10 minutes and all of a sudden, you know, Canberra Croatia turned zero points into three. That's just what they've done so often. So credit to them. And, you know, although it would be disappointing for Canberra Olympic to, 
you know, swallow that result. They've just got to keep on going. And like you said, if they were able to get a victory, then it would have put them in the top four. So that just puts a little bit of context in terms of how close they are in and around the top four. So they've just got to, yep. So they've just got to keep on, they've got to keep on pushing and keep on going and not let their heads hang low. Last up for MPL football, we've got Gungahlin United who picked up a big victory, Matt, against Tigers FC, 5-1 in this one. Goals for Leon Mickle, Tom McLaughlin, Will Roberts, Michael John and Dominic Giampaolo for the home team and Antonio Timotheo on the score sheet for Tigers there. You know, Gungahlin United, they continue their red-hot format and I think that's three wins on the trot now um, for them at the expense of, you know, Tigers FC in this one. You know, it was a vintage Gungahlin United performance that we've seen, that we've sort of seen over the past few years and it makes it that much more impressive that they were able to grab a convincing win like this against a good Tigers team. And, you know, you could tell that Gungahlin were in the mood right from the outset. And, you know, their second goal was really well worked, you know, after a sort of like a nice little dinked through ball, found its way to Tom McLaughlin, who sort of just had a look from the corner of his eye before he received the ball, saw that the keeper had come out a little bit and on the volley, just sort of used the outside of his foot to put the ball into the bottom far corner to make it 2-0. And that was the score heading into the break. And then coming out in the second half, it was much the same. And, you know, what a goal, I must say, from Michael John to make it 4-0, Matt. It was an absolute peach of a strike from outside the box to find the top corner. And, you know, they obviously added a fifth goal through Giampaolo sort of towards the end. It was a nice through ball from Sam Hebdomerium picking up the ball in that sort of tight little space in and around the top of the box. And it looked like they were on their way to grabbing a clean sheet, Matt. But bizarrely, straight from the kickoff, they've Tigers have passed the ball back to Timotheo and he's just gone for it. And it's ended up in the back of the net. And then you can sort of see on the, uh, when you're watching the game online, you can sort of see multiple people saying, oh, well, that's a goal, isn't it? Because sort of everyone just sort of stood around and didn't really know what had what had happened. The keeper as well. He was yeah, just like, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, to score from his own half um, was absolutely remarkable. I, I know it doesn't mean much in the context of the game, but nevertheless, it was a well well hit strike from Timotho, probably around sort of fifty five meters out. It, it was absolutely, yeah, remarkable. And sort of, you know, took the sting a little bit out of it for Gungahlin United, like I said, because they had done so well for 99% of that match. And then to get outdone like that with sort of a little lapse in concentration there will be a little bit disappointing. But, you know, they're in great form at the moment. Like I mentioned at the top, that's three wins in a row in the top four. They're playing some excellent football, aren't they? Look, they certainly are. And I was just a big fan of a lot of those goals, really. I mean, even like you said, even the Timotheo one, like what a strike that was. Mm. Um, Michael John, absolute belter, uh, probably the best of the bunch. But I really like that McLaughlin goal, the through ball, the mm-hmm. technique, the the vision, like you said, just before it came to him. I, I, I was a really big fan of that goal as well. Very different goals, but all very good ones. And like you said, in terms of context of the ladder, like we mentioned before, 
They are four points off Canberra Croatia, who are in top, one point behind Monaro, who are in second, and six points they are away from O'Connor. So that's all our matches. Uh, This week, we won't be doing any predictions because next week there won't be any games. The games will be in a fortnight's time. So uh, after we review the Fed Cup and the Federation Cup, we will give our predictions in those shows. But I will still go through the games that we have in a fortnight's time. They are Belconnie United against West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, June 11th, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. Canberra Olympic versus O'Connor Knights, Saturday, June 11th, 3 p.m. O'Connor Enclosed. Tigers FC versus Canberra Croatia, Saturday, June 11th, 3 p.m. at AS Grassfield 2. Monaro Panthers versus Gungahlin United, Saturday, June 11th, 5.45 p.m. at the Riverside Stadium. So just like we had a fortnight ago, uh, another Super Saturday special where every single game is on the Saturday And I believe Russ will be getting to two of these games because the Monaro games are always pushed back for MPL TV viewing. So you'll get two commentary offerings, I'm sure, from Russ on that day, but I'm not particularly sure which 3 p.m. match he will be covering. And we are back with MPLW. We have a special guest today for the first time on this part of the show anyway. Um, I had him on for plenty of other interviews uh, before. Sam Gray, welcome to the show. How's it going today? Yeah, it's all good. How are you? It's been a, a busy old day here in Wagga Schools Futsal Championships. So been at it since about eight o'clock. Yeah, do you about... want to talk a little bit about that before we start? Yeah, Tell it's been great. Little... Look, we've got over the next three days... Um, we have about 500 to 600 kids playing futsal here in Wagga as they compete to qualify for the state finals in Sydney. Um, futsal's gone really gangbusters here. We, we see a growth in participation of about 20 to 25% each year. So we're hoping it will continue to grow. And today was the primary school day, so my ears are a bit sore from all the singing <laughs> and the headache is coming on, but the kids had a ball and like just to see them out there playing and regardless of what they did, it was good for them. Certainly would have been awesome, awesome stuff you're doing over there at Wagga Futsal. Michael, uh, let's get started with the MPLW uh, reviews. Who do we have first up? All right, let's kick things off with uh, Belconnen United, who were able to get a big victory over Tuggeranong United. It was uh, Mazis with a double. Uh, Olivia Bomford also scored a double in this match. Uh, Talia Backhouse and Kira Bobbin getting on the score sheet as well for the home team. And Karen Milewska, uh getting on the score sheet for Tuggeranong uh, United in the second half. You know, uh, it proved to be the case of Belconning United just being a little bit uh, too strong for their opposition you know, especially when they play at home, Matt, you know, we, we've talked about it for the last, you know, past few years since starting this podcast, how strong, obviously, Belconnen United are in the women's uh, division, but at home, they're, they're a really good team. And, you know, they, that's what proved to be the case in this match. And, you know, what I found in- interesting as well was, you know, they, they scored all six of their goals in this game in the first half of play. And, you know, I, I think looking at that for Tuggeranong United on the flip side of that, obviously it's a bit dejecting to go into the shed six nil down, but you know, they're able to shut up shop a lot better in the second half and, and keep Belconnen United out. And they actually managed to get on the score sheet. Like I mentioned at the top um, through Milesqua 
So, you know, although there are the sort of negatives in terms of what didn't go right for them in the first half, they were able to work, Tuggeron were able to work on that going into the second period of play and they were able to grab themselves a goal. So like we've said so often with Tuggeron United, there's been sort of, although there may not be great 90-minute performances to dissect, they've been able to do well sort of in, sort of well in different stages throughout different games. And I think that this was another one of those games for them. So it's something that they shouldn't get too hung up on or drop their heads too low about. Um, you know, like I said, there's positives to take, take away, especially that second half performance and going forward uh, for them. And it'll just be important for them to keep pushing on. But for Belconi United, it just shows that, you know, they have all that attacking talent up sort of in the final third of the pitch. And, you know, to have six goals scored in the in the first half is is quite impressive. And, you know, it, it's sort of like the opposite effect of the game that we were talking about earlier in the NPL map with Monaro against the Belconnen uh, United men's team in NPL. You know, it was nil-nil at the break and then Monaro go and score six goals in the second half. So it just shows that teams can sort of just flick the switch just like that in a period uh, or like a, a half of football. Uh, I should say. Um, Sam, what are your thoughts uh, on, on this result? Uh, obviously for Belconnen United, an, an impressive uh, victory at home for them. Uh, but on the flip side of that, Togganong United, they were able to show some more positives there in the second. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Look, Belconnen have gone out and they've scored six goals in the first 28 minutes. Um, Scott would have been pleased with that, you know, and he, he's got that... Mm, group of youngsters that are starting to blend in now with the, you know, the senior players, but all credit to Paolo. He's brought them in at halftime. He's earned his money there in the second half. You know, he's got them out. And if you look at it as the old football cliche, a game of two halves, you know, Tuggies have kept a clean sheet in the second half. They've also scored whether Belco have, you know, relaxed a bit being six nil up, but certainly the positives are there for Tuggernong and that, as a coach, you've got to win the little battles before you can win the war, you know, if you think about it that way. And Paul, I watched them last week. I commentated on them last week here. And I'll be honest with you, Wanderers, Wagga City Wanderers played really well last week and just could not score. They just couldn't. And Tuggeranong took their chances. And for them, that's a huge turnaround. They've been scoring consistently. You know, so it's good and it's good for the competition. Very good for the competition. So, no, I, was, I was quite impressed with the way that they came back second half. So good on them. Indeed, it was. Next up, we have West Canberra Wanderers who are on a roll beating Gungali United 3-1. Paddy Crane with two goals and Tara Cannon with a goal there as well. Huge error from the goalkeeper coming out um, to the ball outside the box, gave West Canberra the lead before um, Cannon made it 2-0 with a fantastic strike from outside the box to give the hosts a comfortable advantage through the first 16 minutes of play. Tyron, uh, sorry, Gungalan did not drop their heads and they managed to work themselves back into the game and Chow managed to reduce the deficit to 2-1 heading into the break with an absolute screamer of a goal herself. 
It was a tightly contested second period, however. The uh, result was put to bed as Cram managed to score her second goal of the game and secure all three points for her team as West Canberra continue their good start to the season. Um, In terms of the ladder, they are in third place. As I look at it now, they are in third place. They're only four points behind Canberra Croatia and two points behind Canberra Olympic who are in second. So when you add it all up, uh, they've beaten all the teams um, that they've gone out to try and beat. And they also beat Belconnen United as well last week, Um, which if you told them at the start of the season, they'd be beating um, Belconnen United, they'd be, they'd be happy with it, but it's saying that that they would have felt like they needed to work to. And Ray Castro definitely has done that. He's done a fantastic job. Hasn't he, Sam? He's brought in some good players uh, in the areas where he needed them. Uh, Ginger Oliver coming in. I coach Ginger at Nationals and Futsal. Very talented wide player. Can whip the ball in with pace or can put it bang on top of your head. And when we played them, when I was coaching Wanderers, when we played them, we were undone in like the 49th or 50th minute of the first half due to an injury from a, a... Beautiful cross from Ginger Oliver, just back post and then it went. But there's a resilience now about West Canberra. And that resilience led to last week's result. And imagine the confidence they're going to get from going out and beating Belco. You know, Belconnen would not have expected that at all. You know, so, yeah, it's great for the competition. Pat will be, Pat Mill, he'll be disappointed because Gungallen have made a, a bit of an, you know, it's been an up and down start for them. They're trying to find consistency. And I, I think he's still trying to put the jigsaw pieces in order. Michael, uh, how do you see that? I, that's what I see. I think the pieces are coming together, but he can't fit them in properly yet. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And it's something that we, that Matt and I have uh, raised sort of since the beginning of the season where, you know, they, they had lost a couple of the games and we, we had just thought maybe, you know, it's taking them a little bit of time to to find their feet, as it so often does when you start a new season and when you consider, you know, players coming back from yep. uh, leading into a preseason injuries and whatnot. But it does seem as though that they're just missing a few pieces at the moment and they're just not putting it together as well as we know that they can, especially when you consider how they've performed over the last few years, especially under uh, Diego Iglesias, mm. um, they, they were a great team uh, under him and it was always going to be difficult for the next man to come in and, and do a good job. Not saying that he, that they're, that they're not doing a good job at all. It's um it's a very tough competition uh, this year in the women's game. And, you know, it might take a little bit more time for uh, Gungahlin to, to find their feet that they obviously haven't, started the season as as brightly as they wanted to, but they definitely still have the the quality, uh, particularly in the midfield and, and up front with, you know, the likes of Michelle Heyman to to turn the tide um, in their favour as, as we head down into the season, especially when they are looking at securing top four football, which will be very hard this season when you consider, yeah. you know, you've got Belconnen, you've got Canberra Croatia, and now you've got, a new and emerging team that we'll get into shortly in Canberra Olympic uh, yeah. as well. So um, it's going to be, um, you know, a very tight race for the top four, but they've got the quality to get in there. It's just taking them a little bit more sort of time 
uh, for them to sort of settle. They had that disrupted start where they lost, like the DeMarco sisters were overseas playing futsal. Piper Lockley, who played at Wanderers, moved there and caught COVID. And I know that she's been struggling to get back to full fitness as well, you know, like being able to run at the 90. And they're vital players for any team. You know, you add those three players into any of the teams in the comp and they're going to make a difference. It looks like Tara Cannon's going to be missing a few weeks coming off with an injury as well. I guess the only positive is you can mind us off one week because there will be no game on the weekend. Uh, but uh, due to the Federation Cup and FA Cup, sorry, I keep saying that wrong, Australian Cup qualifying finals. <laughs> uh, so what sort of a loss will, will she be? She seems to always find herself on the score sheets. Yep. She's such an important player for them and she can just score out of anywhere as well. Um, and not to mention the leadership she brings to the team. The leadership, they'll miss the leadership more than anything, I would say. I tell you, I've been impressed, you know, the, the way that they've stuck to the game plan. You know, they've obviously set themselves up. Ray's, he's working hard to put a good team together. And it's the same. The PCs are starting to click for them now. It'll be interesting to see their resilience without Tara playing. Um, that Someone else will need to stand up and fulfil her role for her. Um, but look, Ray's a, he's a smart coach. He, he'll have something in mind that will take us all by surprise, I'm sure. Next up, we've got who I was just mentioning before, uh, Canberra Olympic, uh, who had come up against Wagga City Wanderers. They prevailed 7-1 victors in this game. Michaela Thornton scoring three. Uh, Tiana Miro uh, getting on the score sheet. Meg Roden with a brace. And Brittany Forizzi, uh with a goal in, late in the second half. And for Wagga City, uh, Megan Castle was on the score sheet there. So uh, it was a, a dominant first half display. Um, from the, you know, title chasing Canberra Olympic, um, you know, as they secured a big home win. And, you know, I think what we saw was the class of Michaela Thornton. You know, we've mm. always talked about how how great of a player she is and she scores the first half. Patrick, that sort of highlights just, you know, her, her class and how important of a player she is for this Olympic team. Like I said, who are looking to actually go all the way this season based on, you know, the recruits that they've made. Uh, this year to make that push uh, this season. You know, it, it's a tough, res- on, on the flip side, you know, it's a tough result for for the Wagga side to to take. You know, they're noticeably, you know, struggling a little bit, you know, but they did, you know, still manage to show up and put in a good effort in this match. And I'm sure you can attest to that, Sam, as well, as we'll get into shortly. And, you know, you know soon enough, they've just got to keep putting in the effort, keep working hard. And we always say this about teams uh, in different competitions on this podcast. You know, you you just got to keep working hard, put in the effort, and you know, one way or another, you'll you'll reap the rewards. We we firmly believe in that. So, Sam, I'll come to you. What were your sort of takeaways from this result? Obviously, from a Canberra Olympic standpoint, a uh, a good victory for them, but obviously more so for for Wagga, given your connections to the club. I think if you if you looked at the Canberra Olympic lineup, um, a whole lot of experience, a whole lot of it. If you look at the Wagga City Wanderers lineup, I think they had one player over the age of twenty. So you've got that to consider straight away. Mm. They had a couple of 15, 16 year olds stepped up to play. 
they've been hit by COVID pretty bad this weekend. But positive side, they played some decent combination play wide through the middle, and they they are structurally a good team. But but and even when I when I was there, it was the same. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for Wagga, the experienced players are missing at the moment. So they're suffering that way as well. And at the weekend, it was noticeable. The immature, no, not immaturity, the, the lack of experience football-wise. Hmm. It was just a unfor- great goal they scored. You know, something that we worked on. If there's a loose pass, you need to capitalise on it. And Megan Castle came flying out like a rocket, pinched the ball and put it in the corner. You know, it's just... It's a real tough gig at Wonder at Wagga City Wonders. It's it's a lot of work, and Rob is rebuilding in his own fashion, you know, in his own style, and it, that'll take time. But they'll get there. Uh, Canberra Olympic, no Ash Sykes at the weekend, still score seven. You know, uh, they are a very good team to watch. But for one for Wagga City Wanderers, that's a huge improvement on round one when they lost their team. But they're, you know, the the experience of the Ash brings to that team, it, it's just replaced by another experienced player, and another experienced player sitting on the bench, another experienced player. Wanderers are having to bring through the younger players and blood them probably a year or two before, you know, it is good for the girls. But positive sides. They're there every week, they're playing football, and they're learning. Most definitely. Matt, before I cut it back to you, I just have another question for you, Sam, more in, uh, sticking with Wagga uh, City. Uh, what have you made of the team's development since you left your role as the coach there and it being taken over uh, by Rob? Can you just give us a little bit of an insight into sort of how the how the playing group is developing um, from your perspective? Yeah, look, I think they've changed. They're playing slightly lower than, than I would. They've got a low block in. I think you guys picked that last week when you were watching the game. And that low block, it needs a lot of concentration because you're inviting teams onto you. You're letting them have the space to play. But the consistency of a team is built upon players being available every week. And players playing at home, away, home, away, together. And unfortunately at Wagga, that, it's, it's a real challenge to actually keep the squad stable. You know, injuries, COVID, university. University plays a big role here because we have some girls from uni and they go home for the holidays. You know, there's, there's just one of those things. I think Rob is the right person for that role. Um certainly he will make a difference, but same as me, it takes time. I was there for like four and a half years. It takes time. Yep. Rob will do it in his own style and I, I would back him all the way. So the girls are buying into it and they, they seem really keen to learn, you know, the way that he wants to play. So good on, good on Wanderers for continuing to play and continuing to turn up because I think a lot of clubs in the position they were in would take the easy route out and 
sorry, we've got no, we, we need to forfeit. Sorry, sorry. They're not doing it. They're sticking to it. So good on them. Massive, massive credit to them. Most definitely. Matt, what have we got next up? Next up, last match of the MPLW round was Canberra Croatia 7, Canberra United Academy 2, Berkeley, Bissett with a hat-trick, Grace Gill, Sienna Burney, and Diane Wilson with the goals for Canberra Croatia and Jaya Bowman once again with both the goals for Canberra United Academy. Um, the visiting Canberra Croatia side, very, very dominant first half. I uh, believe they were 5-0 up and in that first half. Uh, CUA managed to find more success in that second half. Um, like you said, if you want to look at it, cutting in two game of two halves, it was 2-2 in that second half. Um, you saw the improvement there um, from uh, Canberra United Academy. We mentioned how quickly they've improved this season from how they started the season until um, now. And even in the second half, how quickly they're able to adapt um, to their surroundings in that regard. And in terms of players... Once again, Jenny, Jenny Bissett, one of the best players in the competition, just her intensity, her drive, the way she wins the ball back, her dribbling, uh, you can barely get the ball off her. And she always has an, a knack for goal. She knows exactly where it is. Um, they did a pretty good, uh, United did a pretty good job in terms of marking Brick Palombi. You could tell they sort of singled that out immediately. Even in the first half when they're up 5-0, they didn't let Brit do a lot down that side. Um We've mentioned Jai Bowman with that great goal she scored a couple of weeks ago. Once again, another great goal here and another one to her name. And she really is stepping up and for that team. And just her work in the middle of the park has been outstanding as well. And another player that also stood out for me in terms of defensively for Canberra United Academy was Nadia Zuckman. She's done really, she did really well in this game. Uh, her timing was spot on. And especially in the second half, um, she did really well and she made some um, heroic um, defensive uh, saves for her side. So, Sam, uh, my question to you is, what did you think about this game? And um, even some of the players I mentioned there that we don't talk about often from the academy, uh, like Nadia Zakhan. I watched an academy game. I commentated on it with Jeremy, and she was very impressive, Nadia. Very impressive. Um, just, I think we all forget that they're a very young group. You know, and all credit to them, they're playing against, and it's the same as what I said with Wanderers, the experience comes from playing together. But Jaya Bowman just goes, gets better and better and better and better. And Sarah has got them knitted well, you know, to the, to the extent where the girls are now enjoying their football, regardless of the results. I was watching them, and... Yes, at the end, they're disappointed, but they're enjoying it. You know, and the new style that Sarah's brought in, it's, it's pretty high, it's pretty attacking, they want to go forward. The players are switching position a lot, you know, and someone else that stood out for me with them was EJ Norris. Like yeah. the game against Olympic, I think it was, they played. Yeah, no, it wasn't Olympic. Anyway, it doesn't matter who it was, but EJ Norris was just, Unbelievable. Between her and Nadia in the back line, I actually went to speak to both of them after it. I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to work with EJ when she was in New South Wales. Um, talented player. Very talented player. So let's just see if they can, you know, keep that group together and start to build on it. There's certainly potential in that group. And I believe that Sarah's the right person to get that potential out. Great role model for those girls and 
leads them smiling, happy, always there. And in terms of Canberra, uh, Croatia, we saw them play with a three at the back um, once again. We saw them do this, I believe it was against West Canberra when um, Zoran realised that they weren't going to you know, let up defensively. So they changed, brought Grace Gill yep. on and then made it a back three. It worked again today. Um, it's a, it, what, what do you think of that back three? Do you think it suits them well from what you've seen yeah. over the last couple of games? Yeah, absolutely. How, how nice must it be to have Grace Gill sitting on your substitutes bench? You know, <laughs> not not this game, but that was the West Canberra game, yeah. Yeah, but any yeah. game, you know, you, you look yeah. at the bench, and you know, you've got people coming on that there's no drop, you know, there's just no drop at all. Grace Gill goes off, and Amy McLachlan comes on. You know, where's the drop there? Um, Sienna Burnley was great as well. She's had another good game, but I liked what you said earlier about Jenny Bissett. I think that's the third hat trick this season. She's just on fire. And I think top she scorer. only scored yeah. one or two last year. Hmm. Yeah, she's top scorer for Canberra Croatia as well, if I'm not mistaken, for that side. Yeah. They will continue to be a force. Um, I think at the end of the season, we'll be looking at Canberra Croatia and thinking how resilient are they that they have continued to score goals, push forward, and Zorin, a new coach coming in. Nick in the background helping them. It's very, it's good for women's football, I believe. I, I just think that continuity they've got hasn't dropped and Zorin's bringing a different angle to their game. Like you said, drop from four to the back to three, five in the middle. We can do it when we need to and we can drop back when we need to. So, yeah, it's good. Certainly is impressive stuff from Canberra, Croatia there. Um, that's all we have time for this week in terms of the games. Uh, we're not doing our previews. We're leaving that for next week since we don't. We only have two games to re, um, do next week. Uh, but in terms of the games at a fortnight's time, I'll still read them out. We've got Tugger and United, Canberra Olympic, Friday, 10th of June, 7.45 p.m. prime time at Canberra 201. Uh, that might be Greenway, depending on um, uh, the lights situation at Canberra. Wagga City Wanderers versus Canberra Croatia, Sunday, June 12th, 2.30 p.m. at Gissing Oval. Gungala United versus Belconnen United, Sunday, 12th of June, 3 p.m. at Gungala Enclosed. And Canberra United Academy versus West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, June 12th, 5.10 p.m. at Forker Football Centre. Um, Sam, before we let you go, are there any matches there that stand out to you? Yeah, the Canberra United Academy game against West Canberra. Canberra United Academy will want to bounce back. Um, they'll probably think that they should have got more from the game against Croatia. You know, they they lost five goals first half, but they've come out second half and played the way Sarah wanted to. West Canberra, be interesting to see how they cope without Tara. But Hattie Cram seems to have stood up this year and, you know, grabbed it and given it a go. I'm also interested to see what Wanderers, Wagga City Wanderers do against Croatia. It will be a notoriously challenging game, but the signs that they're starting to, you know, the cogs are turning now. They've got two weeks to train together before that game. And I don't believe that they're the kind of team that will go out, like you said, and mark Brittany Palombi. I've never done that when I was there. And I know like the man marking or women marking, player marking, it's not something that works, I don't think, unless you are fixated on that's what you want to do. You know, you've got to have that versatility. And 
the Wanderers fullbacks. Marwa Suleiman this year has just been unbelievable. All left foot and just quick, pacey, skillful. So, yeah. Michael, did you think that game at Hawker would be the, the game of the round as well? Or did you have a different thought? Yeah, I was. I looked at that match as well with uh, CUA and West Canberra, and I think that that's going to be a really entertaining uh, match, pretty much for the same reasons that you ha- had mentioned there. I think West Canberra in a, are in a good vein of form right now, and like you said, I think Canberra United Academy can really use that second half mm. performance against Canberra Croatia and apply that to this next match in a fortnight's time against West Canberra. It'll certainly be interesting to see. And we always go on about uh, here on the podcast, Matt and I, about, you know, and you had mentioned it, um, I think, previously as well. Um, you know, it's not necessarily about the results for, for CUA, yep. but it's about the style of play and the football that that they implement with the young squad that they have. And I think they've already, always been known as a team that, although they're relatively young, they know how to they know how to play football they they stick to a, a certain style uh, of possession based play and it, it's very uh, good on the eye uh, as mm. well so they're always developing they're they're a good team to watch and that's definitely the game that I think I'll be looking forward to but even you know I, I was thinking maybe even Gungahlin United against Belconnen is another good game as well just seeing how Gungahlin United bounce back um, from from another setback it, and it's going to be tough against a very good Belcon United team. But if there's a game for, you know, Gungahlin to really sort of bounce back and yeah, announce themselves in this competition to sort of get themselves back in that top fourth picture, it would be in a match in a fortnight's time like this one against Belcon. So I think all the games are going to be relatively good, to be honest. But those are just the few that I have yeah. sort of on my eye. What about you, Matt, before we sign off? Yeah, look, I agree. I think CUA and Wanderers, and like you said, it's not necessarily about winning for them, but uh, they are off the top four as well. So they they'll they'll, they'll still want to you know make the yeah. four, despite that's not their ultimate achievement. Uh, so I do think there's a lot for them to play for in this one, and obviously West Canberra on a roll. They're also three points above Belco. They want to keep that up and uh, push as far up on the table. And like we said, they're only four points behind Canberra Croatia. Um, with eight rounds in, uh, if you told them that at the start of the season, um, that, that's something they definitely would have been working to, but I don't think they would have um, completely believed it. So Ray mm-hmm. Castro has done such a great job there, like we have mentioned. Comment just before we go yeah. from the weekend. Um, if you look at the results, the second half performances from a lot of the teams, it shows the high standard of coaching in the competition mm-hmm. because you've got teams that have gone in at halftime and they've been down and they've been and they've come out second half and it's a completely different game so all kudos to all our coaches because I just think the standard of coaching at the moment in the MPL for women is just excellent you know and let's continue to grow the comp and let's see if where we can go next year's a big year with the World Cup so let's see if we can get some players there absolutely Absolutely. Sam, thank you very much for joining us. And we we hope to have you back on in a couple of weeks when you're free. Absolutely. Now we move on to CPL action where we kick things off 
in Queanbeyan, where it was Queanbeyan City against Brindabella Blues, the away side, picking up a vital point, Matt, with this one ending in a 1-1 draw, Ward scoring the goal for Brindabella to give them a 1-0 lead before Ramos scored the equaliser five minutes from time in the 85th minute. And it was another late goal in the final minutes of the game for Queanbeyan to rescue a point, Matt. You know, the, the goal was courtesy of Ramos, who got on the end of a terrific, terrific ball that was placed into the box and he wasted no time sort of placing it into the net. You know, the repercussions of this result means that if Tuggeranong United win their match in hand uh, tonight against White Eagles, they will be above Queanbeyan by one point. So it has huge, huge implications for the CPL uh, standings at the top. And, you know, as it stands, though, Queanbeyan lead by two points. Um you know, it just makes the game they play versus Tuggies even more important. And it's a must-see for the neutrals, Matt, when it comes to CPL action. You know, Brenda Bella, as we have said, you know, they, they always step step up for these big encounters against Queanbeyan. You know, they were rewarded for their efforts this time after going 2-1 uh, down in the first round uh, of, the, of this fixture, you know, of the season, earlier on in the season, I should say. You know, Ward got on the end of a beautiful ball from a free free kick to bury it into the back of the net, you know, and he's becoming a pivotal part of the team, scoring some important goals this season. And, you know, the late goal they conceded denied them entry into the top four for the time being, which will most definitely hurt them in this case. However, they're only one point off ANU in that regard. So there's still plenty to play for and they're not that far off by any stretch of the imagination. So, a great effort by Brindabella. They could have come away with three points. But, you know, Queanbeyan, again, they managed to find another late equaliser, Matt. Yeah, look, they did. And, um, you know, that is going to be crucial now, like you said, if Tuggeron win that match in hand. And as we are talking on Monday afternoon, the match is to be played uh, tonight as, a, as this goes up. But it... Due to this wet weather, it very well might be moved. I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure about <laughs> yeah. that. But as we speak, sure. I believe it is still on. Uh, so, like you said, Tyrone United win. They go ahead of Queanbeyan, but at least with the point, Queanbeyan, you know, they're on, they'll only be one point behind if that happens. But if White Eagles upset them, then Queanbeyan, you know, still have a healthy two goal advantage. So, uh, sorry, two point advantage. Uh, like you said, it's going to be even more must see in terms of the Brindies. Uh, like you said, the voice, they always have step up for these games uh, against Queanbeyan, uh, from what I was told, is a very, uh, very, very competitive game. And I'm looking forward to the third encounter between these two because uh, it's always a good game. Hopefully I can get to that one. Yeah, it should be an absolute cracker. But like you said, Brindies aren't too far off that top four. They're proving that they are going to be able to push for that this year. And Queanbeyan, it's all about what happens midweek now. But even if not, they won't be far behind if Tuggies get the win. So let's wait and see. All I can say is this just makes it an even more exciting um, race for promotion. All right. Next up, we have Canberra White Eagles uh, who returned this week after last week's match was postponed due to the wet weather. White Eagles, huge 8-0 victory over Wagga City Wanderers. Uh, this puts them back into third place over ANU um, and gives them good ma- uh, good momentum heading into the Tuggies match as well. Uh, they'll probably be the underdogs heading into this one, but uh, they'll be looking for that upset. 
they enter they entered halftime uh, 2-0 up through a penalty and a cracking strike from Steenberg and I must say uh, from just outside the box the majority of the goals though came in the last 15 minutes there were some really nice pieces of play um, building up to these goals uh, they had a lot of success putting, uh, you know, crosses, long balls into the box in this particular game. Uh, the last goal, especially from Kagler, I thought was mm. a really nice piece of play, ball over the top, um, great fluid motion, really good control, really good finish. Um, so they sort of just capped off the uh, the great day that they were having. Um, and like I said, they're now one point above ANU with 13 points. And with that match in hand as well, in terms of Wagga City Wanderers, not the best day at the office uh, for them. But in the first half, you know, only 2-0. They were able to hold them out for a bit. But near the end, uh, White Eagles just sort of opened the floodgates there. Um, this loss uh, for them means that they drop from 6th to 7th place uh, below their Riverina Rhinos, Ugali, by one point. And they're also now five points off the top four uh, they look to wipe, uh, wipe the slate clean, though, and uh, try and bounce back next week as, sorry, next fortnight um, against Western Molonglo. So they've got a, an extra week to uh, rest and prepare for that one, as all the teams, I believe, do. All right. Michael, do you have any thought, quick thoughts before we move on? I just think it's a very important victory for White Eagles in the sense that not only because they were able to win in dominant fashion, scoring eight goals, but it gives them a lot of confidence into that game that we were just talking about against Tuggeranong United, Matt. That's going to be a huge clash for, obviously for both teams in, in the context of the teams on the, that sit in the upper echelon of the, of the CPL table. So I think in terms of, you know, Eagles going out there and putting forward a dominant display, which will then give them a lot of confidence and carry that over into a game like, they'll play against Tuggeranong United on Tuesday night. It'll be huge, huge for them. So I think that, you know, I think having a, having a big victory like this going into a game against a team that's touted to do really well in this competition, possibly, you know, being in the conversations to gain promotion straight back into the MPL is is huge for them. So this is a massive game for White Eagles, and we'll see what they're really made of after this uh, after this next game against Tuggeranong United. But now we move on to our third encounter of CPL action this past weekend, where Yulgali were able to pick up a massive, massive home victory, Matt, against ANU. It was three one in this one. We had Joe Priest and Jack Moon with a double for the home team. And Hassan Aliwanasar. Oh, actually, I'm going to start this part again. How do you say this guy's last name? I just say Al Nawasir. Al Nawasir. That's what I say. So. Okay. Moving on to our next encounter, Matt. Our third match in CPL from this past weekend. It was Yulgali picking up a massive, massive win against ANU in this one. Um, Al Nawasir getting on the score sheet for the visitors in the opening exchanges, but it was Joe Priest and a Jack Moon double that proved to be too much for ANU in this one. Huge victory for Yulgali, as I said, Matt. You know, they've been chomping at the bit now with these great performances and results. You know, they, they were denied 
another huge victory late last week via a Michael Mensah header, like we discussed on last week's show. You know, and now they're reaping the rewards for one of their most consistent performances against ANU. They look to take the back seat early, you know, conceding in the first three minutes. ANU, you know, however they did, however, sorry, Ugali did well to come back and struck in the first half to equalize through Joe Priest, like I mentioned. And, you know, they took advantage of a defensive lapse, you know, applied pressure and Priest struck a beautiful shot into the top corner from just inside the box. So a great goal there. And, you know, they scored another in, another two in the second half to help secure their win, courtesy of, obviously, Jack Moon's brace. You know, the first one they broke from midfield, ran around the keeper, and they squared it to Jack. His second, he got on the end of a beautiful ball over the top and broke away, leaving a new defenders sort of well behind and, you know, buried it beautifully past the goalkeeper there to make it 3-1. You know, this win now puts them in sixth place above Wagga and in reaching distance of the top format. So very, very important win for Yulgali in the context of them chasing those top four positions. And they only sit four points off ANU now after defeating them in this one. So well done you to Yulgali for picking up the victory here. ANU, after winning two games in a row, you know, they fall to defeat against Yulgali, who are a very tough side to play at home. We, we always talk about that as evident from the match last week where Queanbeyan managed to just snatch a late draw against Yulgali. You know, they started very brightly, obviously scoring in the first sort of three minutes from Alan Umasir. But credit to the team for some, you know, link-up play that led to that goal. You know, they had their moments throughout the match. And overall, this defeat means they dropped back to fourth place, uh, only one point behind White Eagles. And, you know, they'll be keeping a close eye, ANU, on that match against uh, Tuggeranong United, the White Eagles versus Tuggeranong United match. Yeah, look, well done to uh, Ugali. We mentioned how, you know, they didn't have the best start to the season, but they're, they're, they've really been picking up some steam lately, lately with some really good performances. Took Queenbeyan to the limit, nearly beat Queenbeyan, uh, who were top of the table, and, you know, won this one over an ANU side that was picking up momentum as well. Uh, they've done really well, so credit to Ugali in terms of ANU. Uh, yeah, they're going to just have to shrug it off, keep uh, keep moving forward. Uh, they get a week to um, prep for the next match because they've got Queen Bian next. So um, it's not going to get much uh, easier in that regard. But uh, I'm sure they're going to go in with a clean uh, mindset. But credit to ANU, uh, sorry, credit to Ugali there. Um, really starting to gain some momentum now. And next up, we have Tuggeron United with a massive 8 0 victory over Western Malongolo. Walker with two goals, Harrison Bunell with a goal, Ben Anderson, Dylan Burkery, Luke Stevens uh, with two goals, and Adam Fierch as well. Uh, Targaryen United once again with an emphatic victory and once again another a blitzing start. Mitch Stevens' side scored six of their eight goals in the opening first half. This really has been a theme for Tuggies as, as they have um, tried to bury a lot of their wins in that first half. Um, and Bunel, this is his first, fourth goal of the season. Uh, Stevens again popping on the score sheet with a couple goals. Walker, Berkeley, all these people have been able to find themselves on the score sheet again, as well as Anderson. And it's uh, also good good to see the uh, the veteran defender Adam Fitch scoring uh, as well. Uh, their catch up match against White Eagles, like we've mentioned a few times now, gives them the opportunity to leapfrog. 
Uh, they're promotion rivals in that race. So like we said, it's going to be a very interesting match once that happens. But once again, a very impressive, uh, dominant and emphatic performance from Tuggeron with all their qualities that we have talked about so far this season. In terms of Western, unfortunately for them, their woes continue as they've yet to record a point yet. Uh, usually they're able to strike a couple of goals. Um, so uh, in the matches that they've lost this season, um, unfortunately though, Tuggies were just too strong for them on the day. They get a week to uh, prepare for their next match against Wagga and they're going to try and look to bounce back and try and um, gain their first points of the season. Uh, Michael, Tuggeron are looking very impressive, hey? Yeah, they really are, Matt. And, you know, like I mentioned not too long ago, a team that's looking to gain promotion straight back to MPL. And I mean, they've looked very impressive since being relegated into this CPL competition. They're taking things seriously and you can really get a sense of how much they want to return back to the MPL summit. So credit to Mitch Stevens and his team because they're playing really, really well. It certainly won't be easy for them in their quest to try and get back into MPL football. Hence why it's going to be a great sort of top four battle as we get, you know, further and further into the season. But nevertheless, congratulations to Tuggeranong as they continue their fine bit of form. Uh, the CPL round nine fixtures, obviously, like you mentioned with the MPL fixtures, Matt, there's no games that will be played this coming weekend. But nevertheless, I will list off the matches that will be played in a fortnight's time. We'll have Wagga City Wanderers against Western Malonglo, like you mentioned, Saturday, June 11th, 2.15 at Gissing Oval, followed by Brindabella Blues versus Canberra White Eagles. A big match there in terms of Brindabella's hopes to get into the top four, Saturday, June 11th, 3 p.m. at Ipen Park in Corwell. Then we've got a, another huge clash, ANU up against Queanbeyan City, Saturday, June 11th, 3.15 at ANU South Oval before we finish things off on a Sunday afternoon, Yulgali versus Tuggeranong United, Sunday, June 12th, 1.30pm at Solomad Stadium. Federation Cup final this week and um, Federation Cup final for the women's, uh, Belcon United versus Canberra Olympic, I believe it's 2pm at Deakin Stadium, followed by the men's FFA Cup qualifying final, sorry, the Australian Cup qualifying Thank final. You between Monaro and West Canberra Wanderers, 5.15 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. And we will get a new entrant from uh, Canberra Football into that newly named Australia Cup. Uh, looking forward uh, to this weekend. There's only two games in um, uh, the three leagues. Everyone else has the weekend off. So, Michael, um, what do you think about these games As before we sign off? Yeah, the, the two games on the weekend are going to be great spectacles. Matt, obviously, there's a lot on the line uh, across both across both games, obviously, with the, with the men's Australian Cup qualifying final between West Canberra and Monero. That's going to be a huge game. Um, you know, we've, we've always talked about sort of so far this season, West Canberra's struggles in the league, but it's been a complete contrast in the Australian Cup qualifying rounds where they've looked like a very solid outfit and they've put forward some very good performances and you never know, they might be able to get themselves by Monaro and, and qualify as, you know, the Canberra representative in the Australia cup competition. So we're just going to have to wait and see. And obviously 
for the women's game. It's going to be another cracking game as well. Very much looking forward to it. What are your sort of thoughts on those sort of two games, Matt? Because I know that they're going to be great games, like I mentioned. Yep. Oh, look, you echoed all my um, all my sentiments in terms of uh, both the games. Uh, like we said, new entrant for the men's, uh, whoever wins that. So uh, it's going to be huge for either side. In terms of the women's, uh, this is actually Canberra Olympics' first ever Federation Cup final. Uh, mm. So this the club hasn't been there, but a lot of their players have. A huge match for them. Bell Conan also starting a new era under Scott Conlon, a much younger team that they've had in the past. Obviously, Belcove had great success in every competition, but uh, this is a new era for them. So Conlon's going to try and uh, uh, overcome uh, the Giants, which are Olympic on this day. They'll be the underdogs, but I'm sure they'll be relishing that challenge. So great storylines for both as we look forward to that match. Awesome. All right. Great show. Once again, Michael, we look forward to next week where we will be here reviewing the Australia Cup qualifying final uh, between Manara and West Canberra. And of course, the Federation Cup final between Belcon United and Canberra Olympic. And we will give short previews for the MPL, CPL and MPLW heading into the weekend in a fortnight's time. So we'll see you then.